Oh my gosh. Just when you thought it was safe to start thinking clearly again, the Russians are back and they're all Canadian truck drivers. The Todd Herman show is 100% disapproved by big pharma technocrats and tyrants everywhere. Now from the high mountains of free America, Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. I think there was a lot of you probably doing the same thing that I was doing this weekend, which was just sitting and just experiencing great, great joy watching the Canadian truckers. And then I heard this little guy. The small fringe minority holding unacceptable uh, views. <laughs> and I smiled further. Justin Trudeau, the dictator of Canada, has gone into hiding. Because the, uh, the people he wants to turn into serfs. The small fringe minority holding unacceptable uh, views have surrounded uh, the uh, the building in which he sets forth as dictator parliament. So he's hiding. And as I'm not I'm not wishing any harm on Justin Trudeau on a, on a physical basis. I am wishing that he would realize that he is going to get exactly what the party wants him to get for them. And let's never forget as we go through this. That Justin Trudeau is one of the guys that the, and I mean it, I mean it, he's a psychopath. Klaus Schwab bragged about Justin Trudeau being one of the World Economic Forum young leaders of the future. And that was when Klaus Schwab, we've played the audio a couple of times, said, yep, we've, we've infiltrated all the cabinets. We're everywhere. Justin Trudeau is doing exactly what Justin Trudeau is, is, is told to do. And as I watch this and I watch it unfold and I'm celebrating it and I know that the truckers are headed to Washington, D.C., it's just phenomenal to listen to this full statement. And, and it's, from, it's, it's from Trudeau, but it, it is not, it's not isolated to him. This is a guy who is now deciding as a government boss what is an acceptable view. And who among his subjects are fringe? And there are laws lining up against this. There's a province in Canada that's doing everything they can to make sure that the truckers don't have visible support. The truckers are being blamed for, oh, we're going to shut down emergency vehicles. And the truckers have all said, no, we're going to make sure there's lanes open for emergency vehicles. If for anything, it's professional drivers. And let's not forget, as we get into Trudeau expanding on the statement of acceptable versus unacceptable views, that Jen Psaki from the White House, one of the people who runs Joe Biden, one of Biden's bosses, Jen Psaki, has said that, oh, yeah, we interact with uh, we at the White House interact with Facebook and Twitter and point at things we don't like and we want them taken down. And Vivek Murthy or Murtha, the deeply conflicted, um, the deeply conflicted uh, uh, grifter of a so-called Surgeon General is once again demanding more censorship we once again want social media companies to crack down on anything that, that they don't say. Fauci's done the same. There's been countless, countless instances of begging the party, begging for more censorship. 
But what's and I expect that from the party. There's some people from whom I don't expect it. Like one of the most famous radio hosts in the world and one of the richest and, and a TV guy and a guy whose entire career, entire career is based upon, number one, his talent. He is an insanely talented interviewer, a, a very charismatic dude. He's an insanely hard worker, never stops working. I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> uh, comparing, you know, me to him is, is in, in terms of reach, it's, it's not even funny, but um, I just didn't expect this. And th- this Neil, Neil Young, does he get to play? I'm just curious. Does he still get to play, keep on rocking in the free world? I mean, he's free to do what he wants, take his songs off of Spotify, but you know, he's trying to lead to a cancellation. So let's start with the dictator of Canada. This is the longer statement explaining what is acceptable and unacceptable for the subjects of the Canadian dictator to think. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. (laughs) There's so many countless ways to deal with this. Number one, he's an actor. Justin Trudeau is an actor. I know this because Justin Trudeau trapes about without masks. And he puts the mask on for the photo sessions. That's an actor. If you're putting on a costume that you don't wear in real life for cameras and you're posing with other people in costume, you are an actor. So he plays a part. He, he reads a script. Can it be more clear than take your spot here? Okay, masks on. I, I got to find that audio. Had it back in the radio station days. If you're new to the podcast, by the way, I was a talk radio host for years. And you probably know because we put it places because it reminds people that I was really honored to fill in for Rush Limbaugh. God rest him. But I had a whole, <laughs> I should have, I should have. Well, it would have been stealing because the radio station employees did the work. So it actually, I shouldn't have, but I really want my sound library from KTTH because there's this great, great sound we had that is so spooky where all the bosses like this actor Trudeau were at one of the big world meetups. And there's this, this tin sounding robotic ladies and gentlemen, please take your marks. The photo session is beginning, it's, but it's weird. It's, Ladies and gentlemen, please take your marks. The photo session is beginning. Please take your marks in three, uh, with your masks. Take your marks with your masks. Justin Trudeau, stop playing with the Rubik's Cube. You're never going to solve it, love. Take your, take your mark. Now, Justin, Justin, hands, fingers out of your nose. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' noses, Justin. And there's this, they, they, they all line up. They all put on their woke masks. They take the pictures. And then this obelisk appears. It's literally an obelisk. And they're to turn and worship the obelisk, which is a World Economic Forum obelisk. And it's, it's, the, it's the injections. It's insanity. And, and this guy is now extending censorship. And get this. Get the whole statement. The 
small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians who have been there for each other, who know that following the science and stepping up to protect each other is the best way to continue to ensure our freedoms, our rights, our values as a country. And he's extending censorship from what you say into views you hold. That's the literal, that's the literal definition of bad think. I mean, this is, it's, it's not even Orwellian. It is Orwell. Bad think. That's a bad thought you have in your mind. You don't even have to express it and it's unacceptable. And I guess I expect this from a former World Economic Forum young leader as Klaus Schwab. Well, we have, we have penetrated the cabinets of the world. Uh, we are particularly excited about acquiring the brain of a trust fund baby named Justin Trudeau, who will do whatever we ask him to or tell him to or program him to. So I expect it from him. I don't expect it from radio hosts. Oh, speaking of that, there's a Canadian guy. He's not a radio host. He's a filmmaker. He's a, I love this. They say TV presenter. And I I do love the differences in language because I hear TV presenter. It sounds like someone who comes to your house and says, hello, we've got your TV to present to you. I would, never mind. I could get off on a tangent. I was, someone asked me the other day, why do you call, why do you call it news programming? What? That's not a fake laugh. You try talking by yourself in a room, you know, and it's the most unnatural thing in the world. And I can feel the audience, guys. I've been doing this a long time in this room by myself. Did it in you know two years in radio by myself. And I can feel the audience interaction. It's really a weird thing. So when you're talking to yourself and you laugh, that's it's people say it's a fake laugh. It's not. I don't laugh that way when I'm around other people because I'm not laughing to myself. With other people observing, but why would I call it news programming? (laughs) Because they're programming people. They're involved in the acting. They're the camera. They're the camera people for Justin Trudeau putting on the woke mask when he's told to put on the woke mask. That's why I call it programming. So there's this guy, TV presenter in Canada. You got to hear him. He's a Scottish, uh, Welsh, Scott. And his statements about what he and his wife have been pondering as regards the COVID flu, you know, lockdown, selective, deadly, medically useless, politically motivated lockdowns intended to destroy small business and having the effect of transferring wealth into the big businesses, the mobbed up party members. Wait to hear this. I wish I could reach out to him. I guess I could reach out to him. I I wish I could talk to him because what he says here is so typical of people who are trapped in a, in a earthly mindset, not in a kingdom mindset. And I get it. This stuff is upsetting. It's upsetting to me to hear Howard Stern say what he said. Stern is, he's coming out and saying, well, I'm not in favor of censorship, but, 
Yeah, I'm kind of in favor of censorship. I don't think Neil Young is for censorship. I just think he's saying, look, I don't want to be part of this organization. Because if my music is helping people bring people to the table, and then they're spreading something as lethal as don't take the vaccine, do this. Mm, that makes you know, sense. He, yeah, I, you know, I'm against any kind of censorship, really. You know, I really am. I don't like censorship. But when you're talking about life and death, like poor Meatloaf got sucked into some weird cult. I had to bleep word out because it's uh, Howard Stern, right? You might have told, you could tell we bleeped the word out. When you say the words, I am not for censorship, but you're conceding that there's a but to that. Now, again, uh, just for good measure, Howard Stern is insanely talented. He is bright beyond measure. He is hardworking. He is a great interviewer. He's filthy. And this is a guy whose career involved things like bringing in homeless drug addicts into his studio. And he, by the way, he was so far ahead in putting cameras in radio studios and his show was visual. Why wouldn't he? He brought in homeless drug addicts and had them beat each other up for his entertainment, the entertainment of his audience. He had strippers. And I mean, he did it all. He had, he was obsessed with women kissing women. And that was his secret to success. And his entire gig is about that. And Howard Stern, well, to say something as dangerous as don't take the injections, Stern, you, you sponsored obsession with sex acts that spread HIV AIDS. You said it was the responsibility of every man to try to get women to do these things. You said it, Hank. You talk about deadly Howard. I, 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 I cannot understand people who to this day simply refuse because it's a refusal. It is a refusal to accept the fact that these things do not stop the disease from spreading. They cannot. They do not. In fact, they make it worse. And for that, he's going to stand with Neil Young. And again, Neil Young, do whatever you want. It's, it's your music. Do whatever you want. Take it off of Spotify if that makes you happy. But understand, Neil Young, you are setting up the dynamic that this is so serious that Joe, that, that Joe Rogan is expressing views. Or, or rather, Joe Rogan is having actual scientists like Robert Merlone come and express views that you don't like. That's just so shocking to me that Stern is doing this. In Canada... The videos from Canada of, of the people lining the streets, <laughs> they're, they're being called extremists. And some of the extremist activities involve singing, Oh, Canada. Some of the extremist uh, activities were making, uh, making snow angels. Now, I did get this. There's a Canadian commentator who said, Look, when you have native Canadians... You have Anglo-Canadians. You have the French-speaking Canadians. You have so-called working-class people, so-called thinking-class people. And they're all aligned. Ottawa has a problem. Thank the Lord that Ottawa has a problem. 
And I wish this guy, Neil Oliver, who is this documentarian, it's a great statement. I hope that you'll watch it all. Legal insurrection is always great coverage. Leslie Eastman found this. We'll get to that. Let's get to Nova Scotia. So the province, Canadian, this is from Fox News, Canadian province of Nova Scotia has made it, Nova Scotia, this made it illegal for people to gather along a highway ahead of the freedom convoy of truckers that made the way across the country in protest of the injection diktats. The local government issued a directive under the Emergency Management Act prohibiting protesters from blockading Highway 104 near the Nova Scotia, New Brunswick border. They're not blockading, by the way. That's not what they're doing. They're, they're, they're going out in nine degree weather. That's, that's pre-wind chill. You had 50,000, 60,000 people in the streets of Ottawa, which is, what is that in Americans? It's like 5 million people in America. In Washington, D.C., in nine degree weather, weather pre-wind chill. The small fringe minority. Yep. Holding right. unacceptable yes. uh, views. It's small fringe minority that decided to stand outside in nine degree weather, pre-wind chill, making snow angels, singing Oh Canada, and playing games to the annoyance of Justin Trudeau, who's gone into hiding. So people who disobey this diktat from the Nova Scotia health authorities, which, by the way, it specifically states... The supporters of the Freedom Convoy and another protest, um, the Atlantic Hold the Line event. They're, they're, they're calling out specific views. The small fringe minority. Yeah, holding. those guys. They're calling out specific groups. Now, look, Canada doesn't have a functioning constitution. Well, I mean, come on. Do we? No, I mean, you can have pieces of paper that say a lot of things. Like Eric Carr is a great drummer <laughs> he ain't peter chris we're we talking about and vinnie vincent come on now it's great guitar player he's not ace freely it's not kiss that's gene simmons and paul stanley in the gang that's not it's not kiss what are you talking about kiss you can have a constitution on paper, but it doesn't mean anything if it's not enforced, if it's not, in fact, defended. Canada doesn't even have a functioning constitution at this point. Nova Scotia says that people who disobey these fines face between 3,000 and 10,000 uh, fines per instance. Corporations, 20,000 and 100 grand. Let's just play a little game in our heads. I'm, by the way, I want to thank everybody Everybody for asking after Grim Milestone. As you know, last week, Grim had a had a adverse reaction to the uh, injections. Grim is, look, hey, listen, Grim's a Mockingbird media guy. He was told to get the injections and he did. And, and Grim's going to be okay. So, so uh, there were plenty of people who asked. But let's just play a thought game in our mind with Grim Milestone. Let's imagine that the truckers... We're driving across the country to demand uh, better universal health care from the Canadian authorities. I'm Grim Milestone. The Canadian truckers driving across the country to demand the, the social justice acceptance of further coverage. And I, Herman, I can't. Ah! Yeah. I'm having that. 
Myocarditis. Uh, Graham, I told you not to get injected. The only knee we take is to the Lord. The Todd Herman Show. Why'd you get injected? Oh, you guys. I have been telling you about some of the cool advertisers we're going to bring on. We did it. We have now put together the first of many deals. And I, I want to frame this up the right way and we'll get back to, because we're going to talk to one of, we're not going to talk to, but we've got some sound from one of Grim Milestone's colleagues in the, in the major media, in the Mockingbird media. The BBC says the Russians are back. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is real. This isn't me playing Grim Milestone's Canadian cousin. This is real. So the sort of, we, we've created a program on the, on the, on the show that as the podcast is growing, thank you to the Lord and, and thank you to you guys. That's the only reason it's growing. We haven't started to spend money directly on it yet. We're spending some money in some ways and, and that'll become evident soon. And, but I said that we were going to create slots within the program to help great companies do great things. And I didn't know it would come about in this exact way, but it did. I heard from a friend of mine from way back, a guy who helped me at the Republican National Committee. He happens to be an expert in, in marketing and digital marketing and specifically in ethical, ethical email marketing, not spam. There has never been a spam or hate spam. And when I was working at the committee, uh, Republican National Committee, John, his name is John Caldwell. He reached out to me and said, hey, you guys are doing a pretty good job on email. Can I help you make, do a brilliant job? And he, he helped us for free because he's a patriot. He's a conservative. And, and it was so thrilling to know that he had become a fan of my radio program and then the podcast that God has gifted us with, God's podcast. Then I learned that John is a Christian man. And then he told me this story of why he started Allen's Artesian Soap Company. I'm going to want you to try this soap. Okay, some things about this. It's, this is all natural ingredients. It's, it's made in America. They've got a, a whole range of scents. I, my, my particular favorite is cedarwood jasmine. Here's a weird thing about the company. They don't automate the packaging. So there's a whole series of things that they don't automate. They don't outsource. So they could make a lot more money on their soaps by outsourcing some functions like packaging. They don't. Because the reason for the company is that two of Alan's beloved sons um, are, are autistic. And they're on a, in a, I guess I would say, a higher up spot on the spectrum. And he loves them. And he has built this company so they have work. And he extends what he does into organizations that do this with other people who need the help. Not handouts. See, this is the part I love about this. Alan's Artesian Soap Company is not about handouts. It is about Alan, his son. He has two sons. There's another line of soaps coming out after his other son. That, that they get to do the work and they get to have the pride of work. And when I brought the soaps home, it, we, they got them, we, we got them shipped to us. You go to allensoaps.com, use my name, Todd, this is the code word, Todd, T-O-D-D. When we got the soaps here, I showed them to my wife and daughter and they flipped because inside the packaging is a picture of Alan working. 
And my daughter saw his picture and said, oh, I need to meet him. Oh, this is so cool, dad. Now, the soaps are the old types of soaps that you apply to, you know, wash class and they lather right up. And there's degrees of lather, by the way. You look at that on the website. Right now, because this is new to the program, Allen's Artesian Soap Company. This month, when you enter the word, code word Todd, $1 from every bar sold goes to a Special Olympics um, to, to help. Help people achieve. Okay, it's super important that you enter the code word Todd at checkout to make sure the donation goes, the, the donation goes the right way. Okay, that's Allen's, A-L-A-N-S, soap.com. One of the biggest ways you help this program is you help the advertisers grow. We're going to have John on. You'll see pictures of Alan. This is one of the biggest ways you can help. Not that, not that you owe us more. You've been so incredible. So please welcome Alan's Artesian Soap Company to Todd Herman Show. Now, did I mention Grimm's friends in the mainstream media? This is, <laughs> this is the BBC asking about these truckers. The, the BBC lady has her a theory. I do ask that because, uh, you know, given Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia, it, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but, but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as, this, as this protest goes, but perhaps even instigating it from, from the outset. Well, again, I'm going to defer to uh, our uh, partners in the public safety, uh, the trained officials and experts in that area. Oh, my goodness. They can't let it go. The, the, all the truckers in Canada are Russian. <laughs> then, you know what's so just so sad about this is people, people listen to that and go, oh, I knew it. Oh, my wife's going to be outside the studio door going, you're fake laughing again. I'm not. That's a uh, guy's. That's hilarious. That's funny. That that's that's gosh. Good Lord. Thank you for the gift of humor. With the Canadian truckers, there is some good news for international relations. Before we get to this Neil Oliver thing, incidentally. I am so excited to see a voice like this in Canadian media who gets to say these things. One of the things the Lord is doing, and I, I firmly believe it, is that the Lord is raising voices of common sense. And they might even know the Lord, might not even know the Lord. But he's raising these voices of common sense and something's going to happen. Watch. The common sense voices are going to be more accepted by people who know the Lord than by people who don't know the Lord. You're going to have people like Robert Malone going, wow, uh, Christian people listen intently to me. Or, you know, you think of the, the Great Barrington Declaration people, a lot of them are atheists. And they're going to find, why is it that Christians are so willing to listen to us? Why is that? Because we are not of the world. And this is key when we get to this Neil Oliver stuff. It's key to remember we are not of this world because what he says is so beautiful and so frightening and so light-filled and so dark that it is important. And I wish I could call him right now and say, Neil, I'm so impressed with what you said, but there's a piece missing, my good brother. 
But there is this good news on an international relations front, and that is because these are truckers, this actually does give, this does give Biden an opportunity to actually do something good because you may not know this, but that man drove an 18-wheeler. Anyway. And if we I don't do- drive an 18-wheeler, man. I don't know if you know this, but this was a little-known thing. Back in the day, Joe Biden used to be a truck driver and not an ordinary truck driver. He drove around the country with a chimpanzee named the bear and they solved crime. It was the most remarkable. And the bear was pretty smart. Like sometimes he'd jump out of the truck and apprehend one of the uh, one of the absconders. And and Joe Biden would just honk the horn on the truck, just pull down the. When you listen to this clip anyway. And if we I don't do drive an 18 wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, I wish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering the, the, I just am wondering his handlers, what's going, just stop him. He's, he said he drove an 18 wheeler again and I'm not mocking dementia. Dementia is not funny. I'm mocking the media who pretends this guy is not demented. That's what I'm mocking. This is Guy Neil Oliver from Canada. You got to hear this. It's his analysis of something he and his family are going through because they're in the, you know, a separate country. I guess this is the United States based show. Of course, it's a separate country of what they're planning because of the tyranny up there. Hey, our email system is fixed. Uh, we have a new company. If you're not receiving the emails, check and make sure you're still signed up. Go to the ToddHermanShow.com. Speaking of that, i got a heartbreaking series of emails over the weekend that are really, really good. In fact, today, i got to share with you an email that a friend of mine sent me. Her name is Jana. She is a woman who is one of the most giving people I've ever met. She is going to tell you an imaginary story of if Mary Magdalene had written had written down her account. It's it's a brief brief message from Jana, and and it, her story is her life story to tell. So I'm not going to tell it, but I will tell you that Jana has reason to understand that about what she writes. This brought me to tears. I read it in church this morning. So checking in, Russians are back. Biden drove an 18 wheeler, and then there's this. Neil Oliver is a Scottish television presenter, author, presenter of several documentary series on archaeology and history. Incidentally, uh, he has a very cool-looking beard. He looks Scottish, man. I love that. Um, He's got... No, he does. No, he does. He's got long, beautiful hair and the kind of beard I can't grow. What's wrong with me, by the way? Can someone help me? Because I'm now oiling my beard. I never thought I'd do that. And I told people, I thought this is a thing you would share. And apparently I was oversharing. I was at lunch with some guys. I said, by the way, do you oil your beard? This guy goes, what? Your beard? Do you oil your beard? He goes, yeah. I go, I'm starting to oil my beard. He goes, okay. I thought that was big. Like if a man started putting oil on the the face, the hair on his face. Anyway, but I can't get it to grow past like an inch or two inches. That's it. Then it starts getting wacky. Like I got a part of my chin that'll grow 16 feet in an hour. The rest of it, two inches across seven years. Someone help me with that. Sorry to get distracted. So Leslie Eastman from Legal Insurrection points to this Neil Oliver discussion. 
And this is heartbreaking to me because he's talking about his beloved country. And you're going to relate to this, I promise, because he mentions one world governance. (gasps) No, he didn't. Oh, see, that destroys everything. There's no one world governance. (laughs) Stuff of dreams. It's not. There's never going to be a one world government. I mean, can you imagine the work it would take for that conspiracy to hold true? You'd have to get the entire world's governments to do the exact same thing at the exact same time with the exact same ends sponsored by the exact same people. Small fringe minority. (laughs) Sponsored by the small fringe minority. No, no, Justin, these guys. Brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. And those guys, Justin, that's what I'm talking about. Can you imagine the work it would take to get the entire world's governance to do the same exact thing at the same exact time for the same reasons and ignore the same evidence and push the same ends, even though none of it works, even though none of it ever has worked, to use the same language at all times? I mean, how would you ever, ever get something done like that? Brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Right. I mean, look, and furthermore, and they got to get to this Neil Oliver thing. You know what? If that happened, if that, look, if they did get that one world government thing done, if they tried it, if they even tried it, the watchdogs and the media would be all over it. has become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. You are uh, seen to many as a, a superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci. American hero. And I could go on. It's a two minute clip from Grabian. Go to news.grabian.com. It's also in the show notes. Here's Neil Oliver. And he's describing his beloved country. This is like a 10 minute clip. I do encourage you to watch the whole thing. This week, I got a letter from a family for whom life where they are in the world has been made unlivable by the pressure to vaccinate their children. Pushed beyond endurance, they have packed up all that they own and are moving on in hopes of a better life elsewhere. It was the mother of the family who wrote the letter. In her sign-off, she said, Nothing stays the same, but there are to be found some absolute truths that are worth standing and fighting for. That erstwhile strangers have been writing to me in this way, expressing thoughts so meaningfully, so beautifully, has been one of the greatest privileges of my life so far. Some absolute truths are worth standing and fighting for. The letter moved me because it resonated with my own thoughts, not least the desire to get away from all the madness. The dream of the freedom to live a life unmolested by an overmighty state. From very early on in this drama, this mostly man-made drama, I have thought about moving on. Together, my wife and I have speculated about available options such as they are. It's been no more than a daydream, though. Usually nothing more than thoughts of an island somewhere, out of sight and out of reach of those who would force upon us a life we do not want for ourselves, and more importantly, for our children in the always uncertain future. Uh, I, I think he's reading that, and if he is, it's even more impressive. It's, that's difficult to do because he's also doing it from the heart. Do you relate to this? What he says next is stifling and it's frightening and it's real 
And it's a misunderstanding, I think, of what the Lord is actually doing here. Again, this is Neil Oliver. He's a documentarian. Um, he's a filmmaker. He's a TV presenter. It's a good dream, but one the modern globalized world has made very hard to make real. For anyone frightened by what is happening, anyone refusing in their own small way to submit to this or that government diktat, where in the world can they go? For the first time in history, we are within sight of a world that is one world, all the same place. In the past, if you didn't like the king or the culture, you could go somewhere else, like those pilgrims who departed England in the 17th century to make a new world on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. Now we're approaching a time, if indeed we've not already arrived, when there is nowhere else. More and more, everywhere on earth seems to be the same, afflicted by the same madness. And we got here together at the same time with the same techniques. It was brought to you by Pfizer. Driven by the same personalities. And who's become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. You are uh, seen to many as a, a superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci, American hero and New York Yankee fan. You've done so much for this country in terms of this crisis, so I really appreciate your insight. Who better to give us answers that we can trust than Dr. Anthony Fauci? Perfect person to answer our questions today. Joining us now, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Goes on for another minute and 40 seconds, and you could do it for 10 days. Here's the piece that I want to go and talk to Neil Oliver about. I should research him, and, and I will. He talks about one world. It's always been this way. It hasn't always been one world government. We're not quite there yet, but that's exactly where it's headed. Exactly. The global minimum tax, what does that mean? It means that competition for efficiency is dead. It no longer matters which governments are efficient and which economies are efficient. It no longer matters. Which countries understand that letting people keep more of what they produce is not only moral, it's the best way to get actual philanthropy, which trumps government programs at all times. That's dead. This global response, which is orchestrated with a series of actors like Justin Trudeau, they're all actors. If you wear a costume on camera to play a role, you're an actor. I'm not saying he's not prime minister, he's dictator of Canada, he is. And they're acting. They're all acting. They're all lying. The world has always been two worlds. Well, since the fall. Since Adam and Eve decided to turn their back on God or to try to sneak around God, to be more precise, and eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's always been two worlds. And the Bible is very clear about this. And this is cause for celebration. In the midst of being in a jail cell, chained to a wall. Not, I mean, it's not like the, you know, he had cable TV, three hots and a cots. Chained to a wall in the dark, hands and feet chained to the wall, incidentally, for the um, end portion of his time in prison. The Apostle Paul said something that we need to do as we look at what God is allowing to happen with actors like Justin Trudeau. To me, it's just so obvious. Again, sponsor this hour, Alan's Artesian Soap Company. 
It's alanssoaps.com. Please use the promo code Todd. This is a business helping people who otherwise would not have work because they're being automated out of it. Helping them have work. Alanssoaps.com. Use the promo code Todd or the code word Todd, T-O-D-D. And when you get your soaps, make sure you take some time with your family to open the soaps Reflect upon the picture of that young man working. Incidentally, Alan does, in fact, pick a lot of the scents with his father. And, in fact, the stories are true. They tell you stories about why these scents appealed to Alan. By the way, some of them are very feminine scents. I happen to like one that I don't think is feminine. I I think it's a masculine scent, but I think it's also smooth. My wife likes it, too. It's always been different. And in so many ways, John 17, verses 14 through 16, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. I don't think that Neil Oliver needs to be of the world. I think what the Lord is saying is, guys, there's your kings. These people want human gods. These people are on their knees to the party. The only knee we take is to the Lord, the Todd Herman Show. These people are expecting to be rescued by the great Fauci. They're expecting to be rescued by scientists who insist that men are women if they say they are. They're expecting this. They are willing to take knees to other than God Almighty. They are willing to believe lies to suck them up and to consume them. Lies of the world. I was just reading this weekend about a guy who killed a man with a sword and a couple of knives. They were dating. Both of them pretended to be women. And they were dating. And he cut this guy up with swords, washed him bleed out, then called 911 before the guy died. He was dying. Then he gets put in prison with women. And then he gets released early because it was really, really hard on him. Then he goes out and becomes a folk hero in Canada. Kids in school draw pictures of him. He got arrested again for assault and battery and, and serious stuff. And they go and they they want him freed because he's he suddenly identified as a trans woman in a, in a, in a, in a so-called woman of color and two spirits. And and they they started to worship him and to draw iconic pictures of him. That's the world. And it is related to people who worship the Fouch. It is absolutely related. And it has become known as America's doctor. The global doctor, it's absolutely related, this icon worship. There's always been two worlds. John 15, 19. If you belong to the world, if you love it as, what I mean, if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Christ Jesus, the King Jesus, called us out of this world. He's making it very, very clear. There's two sides. Pick one. John 4, 5. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We can be in this world. We must be in this world. We must be informed people in this world, but we cannot miss the work that God is doing. Everybody who comes to speak common sense has two worlds that are going to hit them. 
This is our win. The victory is had. Jesus got the victory for us, but this is our temporal win. The same people who are coming and saying, you can't put a man who killed another man with swords and knives into a woman's prison. Oh, yeah, we can. Wait a minute. You can't go into schools and teach little children to hate their neighbors. Oh, yeah, we can. Wait a minute. You can't come and force kids to take an injection that mathematically cannot help them, has mathematically can only harm them. Oh, sure we can. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. That's exactly what we're going to do. You can't have a boss of the world deciding what people can think and not think. The small fringe minority holding unacceptable uh, views. Yeah, we can. We get to do that. The Apostle Paul chained to the walls said, rejoice. I have figured out how to have happiness at all times. It's with Christ. Rejoice in the work. Rejoice in the time. It doesn't mean that you have to be happy. You're rejoicing about the work that God is doing. He has revealed these people. He is allowing us now to be the ones who accept common sense. And as we accept common sense from people, they will see, my goodness, I have a community. How weird that the community I have are all Christian people. Why is it that it's all the Christians who are accepting our immune systems, who are accepting that natural immunity is better, who are accepting that CRT is racism? Why is that? Because we're not falling into the lies of the world. This victory that awaits us is phenomenal. The Lord and the work he's doing, bless his name. Sing his holy name. It's a friend of mine at church. Truth be told, she's the reason that I have become interested in becoming an ordained pastor. She handed me a note one day in church. We were at the prayer group. I chose the prayer group, by the way, at church, when you when you start with a church, please find a way to serve. Now, there are people who say, wait, you think being in a prayer group is serving? Uh-huh, I do. I do. Because I know prayer works. I chose the prayer group because I didn't want anything to do with leadership or organizing things. I very, 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 very much want to be a face in the crowd. Very, very much at church. And, and, and since I'm nobody special, people treat me that way and I like that. Jana handed me a note one day and it said this. You've heard the call. What are you waiting for? And I said to her quietly, I said, what call? She was taught. <laughs> the call to preach. So, Jana, I don't know the Bible enough to preach. What are you talking about? And she said, I didn't say it rude. What are you talking about, my friend? And she said, Todd, God does not call the equipped. God equips the called. Now, I am not saying I'm called. I'm saying I've made the decision to leave commercial radio to put God at the center and politics at the edges. Because the only way any of this makes sense is if we're consulting the word of God. That's the only way the whole thing makes sense. So Janice started me down this path and now she's given me this note. We were in prayer group the other day and I just simply said, I was reading some verses. We take turns reading verses before prayer group. And I read um, an account from the Apostle Paul. And then I'm trying to remember what else I read. I read another account, Old Testament, I believe. And I said, you know what? She didn't leave a record, but wouldn't it be fascinating to hear from Mary Magdalene? If you don't know the story of Mary Magdalene, she was one of the first people, if not the first, that Jesus saved. She had been in, inhabited by demons 
Jesus saved her. One of the best, best reviews you'll ever see of this or, or um, acting outs of this that you'll ever see is in The Chosen. So I said, wouldn't it be interesting to read what she would have said? And of those times, Jewish women were not going to get their words you know, published very often, if at all. Without asking, without telling me she was doing it, my friend Jana wrote this. And incidentally, it's her story to tell. She's an incredibly brave, unbelievably giving woman. One day, maybe she'll tell her story of her Damascus Road. She has reason to understand being down and out. Shalom. My name is Mary Magdalene. I've been fairly quiet since the resurrection of my Lord Jesus, but I feel it's time to share my story with you. The apostles have given so many details in their accounts of what transpired, and they are true to form and fact. All I can add is my personal story. I met Rabbi Yahshua during the worst days of my life. I'd been shunned in my village of Magdala by family and friends because I had become oppressed by darkness. I did not know that I was possessed by demons, not just one, but many. I met Jesus as he was ministering in Galilee. He immediately recognized my pain and knew that I needed deliverance. The apostles were there and watched as he delivered me from seven devils. It was frightening and painful, and I'm sure it was difficult for them to watch as well. All I could do was focus on the love I saw in the eyes of that man who was ministering to me. He was gentle and kind, but fierce and strong as he drove away seven demons. Immediately, the darkness in my mind lifted. I was able to see and think clearly. I knew that I was, that I'd been delivered from that evil. I fell at his feet and worshiped him. From that day on, I was one of the many that traveled with him, serving him, worshiping him, learning everything he was teaching us. Every day was a new experience and a new lesson. He spoke of love, grace, and forgiveness. There was such light in his presence. I could not bear to be away from him. The crowd around him continued to grow, but there was small, a small band of us who came and were close to him and to each other. The apostles, especially Peter, James, John, and his mother, Mary, sometimes the other Mary and Martha and her sister, and the rest of the entourage who sat under his teaching. With the other women, we cooked and washed. We tried to make life easier for a rabbi, our teacher. He gave so much of himself. He was so full of love for each and every person around him, no matter who they were or where they came from or their spiritual or their social status. We could not outgive him. We could not repay him for all he'd done in each of our lives. We talked among ourselves, expressing the fact that we were new creatures. We were different than we had been. I certainly was transformed. My family and friends did not even recognize me. Jesus was never afraid when the rulers and religious leaders began to turn against him. He told us things he did not understand at the time, or we did not understand at the time, but we came to realize he was warning us of his death. And as you've read, the apostles spelled out very clearly how awful that night was. He went off with them to the garden to pray. I remained back with the other women, but heard the commotion when they came and arrested him. We followed behind and stayed in the dark recesses of the building and watched as the night progressed. I saw him beaten and mocked and ridiculed. The Romans were so cruel. She wrote, the Romans are so cruel. I wanted to stop them. I wanted to say something, but I knew I'd be taking my own life in my hands in doing so. We stayed in the darkness and cried together. We walked along in the crowd along Via Dolorso. And he staggered to Golgotha. Crowds gathered so we didn't have to hide at that point. But we were frightened and we were grieving. I stood with Mary and John as we clung together at the foot of the cross and watched our beloved Jesus suffer and die. That was the worst day of my life. But he continued to show love and mercy and forgiveness as he hung there. It was unbelievable. 
But when he could open his eyes and look at us, we saw pure love radiating out of him. He spoke to Mary, his mother, and to John, who was his favorite. He looked at me and no words were necessary. I felt his love. After he died, it was important that we retrieve the body and start the process of embalming. It was almost sunset and it was Sabbath. Joseph offered us his tomb and it was close by. The Roman guards allowed us to remove the body and we carried him to the tomb and began starting the process of burial. We had to leave by sunset and the Romans rolled the heavy large stone in front of the door of the cave that was the tomb of my Lord. The world seemed dark, cold. We all felt lost. All we had was each other and we were afraid. We were alone and all our hopes were shattered. We remained cloistered. It was difficult to eat or drink or seek or speak or sing or just celebrate Sabbath. Early Sunday morning when we were freed from the Sabbath restrictions, I and the two other women hurried to the tomb to see if we could finish the burial dressing. From a distance, I could see that the stone had been moved and I ran ahead and went into the tomb and found the wrapping cloth laying on the, ch- um, on the chiseled out bed empty. The other women came and we were confused and we were frightened and angry that they'd stolen his body. I thought the gardener was there, but he was not. I was overcome with grief. Upon grief, suddenly he spoke to me asking why I was crying. I did not, I did not know the stone could have been moved. I did not know where they took him. And he spoke my name. It was my Lord, my master. I fell at his feet and I tried to embrace him, but he denied me that privilege saying it wasn't time. I couldn't understand what he meant. I was overcome with joy, though that he stood in front of me. I immediately ran to tell Peter and John what happened. And of course, they didn't believe me at first, but eventually they did. They all did. They all got to see Jesus. We all spent time together for the next 40 days. I watched him from a distance as he rose into the heavens. I heard him tell the men that he would return for us. In the meantime, he wanted us to continue what he had learned and seen while we traveled with him. He told us that another would come to take his place and to help us. Days later, as Luke has told you, we were all still waiting in that upper room, praying and singing when suddenly fire touched the heads of everyone there. What a magnificent sight that was. Our prayers became emboldened. We were praying in other languages and our worship became louder and crowds gathered outside. Peter went out and spoke to the crowd to tell them of Jesus and the resurrection and the life that had promised us if we follow him. People wanted to receive the faith that we had and many heard the truth and believed it. They were baptized right then and there. This counted, continued every day, and we brought many into the fold. I was busy preparing food and tending to the children and the elderly and infirm. It was a time that I was always remember. It was full of joy and hard work as we waited for Jesus to return. Life is much quieter now. I still care for widows and children here in Magdala, but it's just a slower pace. The apostles have all gone in different directions. A few have met their death. But all of us continued to tell of Jesus, of his life and death, of his resurrection, of his miracles and signs and wonders. We will tell the story to anyone and everyone until the day of his return. My friend Jana wrote that. Guys, it's always been one world. People who worship that man, or pardon me, two worlds, people who worship that man. And And who's become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. You are uh, seen to many as a a superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci, American hero. And the embodiment of science itself, right? We come back in the next episode, immediately following this one. I don't know how long it will take. I don't know how long the episode is going to be. I know it's going to be a complete and utter takedown of that man, of the COVID response swindle, 
of the lies and the destruction of people in the name of Saint Fauci. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate your support. Sending the show to 10 friends via email has grown it nearly exponentially. 26% month-over-month growth because of you. Thank you for being part of that. Now, please do go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, do be right with God.